Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's Tango Uncorked with Adam Hoopengardner, and that would be me, your host. How is everybody doing today? How are you doing today? Did you have a lovely morning? I happened to get up pretty early for for a change this morning. I think I spend half my week sleeping in because of work-related evenings, and then I try to reverse the uh, trend the other half of the week. So today I was up at 9 a.m. I hung a new screen door outside of my on my back porch. Uh, the previous screen door was inhabited by a carpenter bee and probably his uh, larva. So Sharon and I decided it was time to get rid of that and put in a new door. So I went to the Lowe's home department store, whatever you want to call it, picked up a door yesterday and covered it in some urethane and now it's hanging up. Uh, how have you been the past two weeks? I've been away, not away, but I haven't been broadcasting. I was in Philadelphia for the ninth Philadelphia Tango Festival, I believe it was the ninth, and uh, we arrived Friday, stayed till Tuesday. It was a fun weekend, got to see a lot of great performances, got to meet a lot of cool people. Chico and I had a performance on Sunday night. I DJed the closing milonga on Monday. And then just this past weekend in New York City, we were we were really happy to have Los Totis here, hosted by Mariela Franganijo, and they performed at Malaleche, and it was once again a stunning and amazing performance. So what else is going on? Today on the show, I have an old friend who's a very interesting woman. Her name is Kim Frajek, and uh, she is another person who told me his tango story a while back, which helped inspire me to want to get more tango stories out there and develop this podcast. So she's going to get to her tango story later, uh, but in the beginning of the show, she's going to catch us up on what she's been doing for the past several years. She works with... Uh, Sane Energy Projects, or the Insane Energy Project, as it's, it might <laughs> sound, since uh, it's insane what these people have to do just to help us um, fight against this corruption in the world and in this country and this greed. Um, and I wonder how sometimes she can keep herself from burning out and keep continuing to fight the good fight. I know this Saturday she's going to be celebrating with her uh, colleagues and supporters at Rockaway Beach f for successfully stopping a pipeline um, for the time being and hopefully for more than just the time being. But I know that there will be further litigation about it, she's told me. But it's a really interesting episode. We were sitting in her loft, which was my old loft, many years ago in Bushwick, and it's still a beautiful place. You'll hear some birds in the background. She's on the corner. And she has windows surrounding us, and I didn't want to dare close those windows because the breeze was amazing and the birds sounded amazing, and it didn't really interrupt the show much. Um, it is my birthday week. I will be turning 37 on Friday, June 7th, so we have some festivities planned. Tango Cafe on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday evening, we'll have a little party, an extra party. We'll always have a party, but we'll be celebra celebrating my birthday. On Saturday, me and a group of friends are going to go out to Long Island Wine Vineyards and do a little wine tasting. Um, so yeah, that's my birthday weekend. I may not be back with another episode this coming month. I'm leaving for Thailand soon. 
So if I manage to squeeze another interview in this week or next week, I'll have another show. Otherwise, we may be taking a little hiatus this summer, and I may just be popping into your lives uh, every so often. However, I'm sure you will miss me. I know I will miss you. But until then, we're going to start the show. I hope you enjoy. This is Kim Frajek. jungle <laughs> we are sitting in a jungle there's two cans outside my brooklyn window are there really no oh, okay <laughs> who knows i saw a hawk at the prospect park the other day oh hawks are so beautiful. there's one hawk that lives there apparently oh when i was walking with my friend karen and uh who i was in ithaca working with we went on a hike in the woods and she's a bird watcher Mm -hmm. so i got to learn all about all these different birds and there's a one bird called a veery v-e-e-r-y that sounded like it had a a fluted throat like like and i was like what is that she's like oh that's just a veery i was like oh yeah just a veery like you know the names of everything it's so cool i was in ithaca in october it was my first time Mm, I love Ithaca. Cool. I'm there all the time. Yeah? Yeah. Gorgeous. I contacted David DeMello to see... You know, Xavier lives there. No kidding. Yeah, he moved there probably over a year ago. Oh, wow. Is he teaching tango there? No, he works in, like, IT. He does programming now. He got he did a training course, and he got, like, a normal job. Huh. I don't think he does tango. Does he live in the city of Ithaca? Pretty close, like, down one of those long streets with like some you know it's really close to the city it's like mm. over one of those hills and 79 yeah okay i'm gonna stop i just recorded that i'm here with kim Frajek, the superhero of new york city who <laughs> 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 has been very busy the past few years saving the world um one small boulder at a time i guess i don't know <laughs> sounds like a very long arduous process to why is it so f- easy to why is it so easy to do bad so quickly but so hard to do good so like so hard to do good so quickly? What the fuck is going on? I with think the world? we we just have a system that's set up to reward to reward people for doing you know quote unquote bad things. Or I think s- you it's know. like we're rewarding competitiveness in like we do. We live in capitalism yeah. and patriarchy, so of course we're going to have the results are going to be you know, um, people are competing with each other and stepping on each other because that's what we've all been taught and that's what we have learned to function as and that's what we see as our sort of, like, domain. And um, there are are many other ways to live. Have you been to Cuba before? Cuba? Yeah. No, I haven't. I was there, like, two years ago, and I was so amazed because there's, like, no concept of greed or needs or I don't know if needs is the right word wants I don't you know what I mean like I just felt everybody just was like hanging out and if they saw that you needed something like we were walking down the street and people were like oh you need something like here I don't know just super chill Mm -hmm. nobody tries to rob you nobody tries to steal from you nobody tries to take advantage of you because 
They just don't have this uh, system. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably because they were, you know, under this deep, deep, you know, thumb from the United States for so many years that they couldn't, you know, trade freely with the world because they were given, you know, an economic stomp out from the colonialist power. Mm -hmm. So they learned to probably survive and and rely on each other, hang out with each other. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think that there's probably greed there. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's a human thing to have greed, but it's not built into a system, you know, um, when it's become systemic and you then start getting all these horrible symptoms of what greed is, which is like why we have billionaires when people can't, you know, Well, I find the irony of like, you know, the let's make America great again shit and like nationalism and pride. And then yet we don't really. All we do is shit on each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is just a a ploy to get people to rally around some stupid shit. I mean, it was a it's a useful like nationalism and it's a useful tool to build power for oneself. And that's what. That's also, you know, a symptom of our, you know, of our patriarchy and capitalist culture. You know, we, this whole country was founded on an economy of slavery and genocide. And it wasn't that long ago. So those symptoms are going to be like perpetuating. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have what we have today, because, you know, the, the country's becoming more diverse and you know, the people that had the power are afraid to lose their power. And that's really, like, if you want to just boil it all down, that's really what's going on here. They don't want people dreaming and imagining a different way of being. Um, They don't want people, they don't want their cultural institutions to shift that have given them, like, wealth and power. So, you know, I mean, that's that's what's going on here. We can beat it, though. Um... That's a heavy way to start the show. It is a really heavy way to start the show. How do we... So I was... A couple of years ago, I was really into... Um, it was before even Trump. Like, I just... One day, it kind of hit me that, like, I think... And it's changed a lot. All the power, I think, in the United States really uh, is in the Supreme Court, for the most part. Like, once they make a law, it's a law, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a, long t- a couple of years ago, I started reading about the history of the Supreme Court... Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because everything related to slavery. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You know? And I'd read like Howard Zinn and I'd read other, his, you know, United States history books that were yeah. not so like cookie cutter. But, um, and I forget the, this particular history of the Supreme Court book, but it really just talked about how much it had to do with keeping sla- like slavery in check and, you know, trying not to make it a blight on the history of the country and all this shit and when the Supreme Court started they didn't have any power really it was kind of interesting the three branches of government the Supreme Court was considered like the, the they didn't even have a room they didn't even have a place to meet you know that's why they were a circuit because they would travel and all this and that mm-hmm. um, you're doing a lot of stuff that has to be taken to court right like you're fighting yeah. in that's Albany b- mm-hmm. You're going to the like, this place is a power to change things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, how is the? What is that like? How? how uh. 
Well, like we look at law as, you know, laws, bad laws have to be broken and good laws need to be created. So, I mean, that's like, again, boiling it down to the essence of what we work on. Um, you know, I mean, law that is rooted in, you know, a slavery economy is what produces things like the fossil fuel industry. You know, that's the fossil fuel industry is a, is a symptom of that sort of, you know, system. So that's why, and the, and the, you know, the capitalism and the patriarchy allows it to stomp on communities, to poison people's water, to silence people, to imprison people who fight them. You know, the law supports all of that. So mm, we yeah. must break those bad laws. So um, that's part of the work that I do. And then the other part is by, you know, we, if we want to, you know, say no to something, we have to have something to say yes to. That's the theory of change in the organization that I built. And so we don't always just say no, we have to say yes, because there are things that we, we must build in order to replace the systems of abuse that have dominated our culture. So. And so how do you get your voice heard in this Let's say I'm a guy who's like uh, upset about something. How do you get your voice heard in this, in the courts? Jesus Christ! I'm like, what am I hearing? Remember we were talking about douchebags. There's so many of them. We're uh, commenting on the sound from outside. <laughs> I, in my headphones, it sounds kind of like Eric's banging the floor or something, but uh, he's so quiet. And I'm realizing there's like a dumpster going on outside so <laughs> it's new york i did a bad interview last week and we were on at the studio and all you hear in the background is fucking honking and sirens because we're on the studio on 30th yeah and 8th. that's like, honking and sirens can sometimes be soothing but this is like what is this, this well is it's it's no it's people going through recycling to take okay. it i mean i support them i think that they're yeah, fine yeah, people yeah. they they collect plastic bottles glass bottles uh-huh. and it, there's a whole economy and cooperative uh-huh. uh, with um, people that walk around the giant trash bags full right. of plastic bottles. Like there's a recycling center on McKibben Street that okay. they all go to. So, you know, I'm down with them. I let them in, but they're really, you know, it's annoying. I for, I don't even hear it anymore. That's the problem. No, you don't. <laughs> I want to get back to what we were just talking yeah. about, but um, it's you're only sensitive to sounds when the situation is like you know right, you're right. here earlier like oh the birds sound so nice and then i'm like we need a quiet space and you're like oh those birds are fucking loud yeah <laughs> like now i just realized how loud the trash <laughs> people are and i'm like crap so how do you get your voice heard um are you not you're are you, i know it's like sometimes you're literally standing outside of the courthouse but that's mm-hmm. not always functional i mean you need to know people and know who to talk to legislators Congress people get people on your side that are going to be a voice for say an energy project right mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly I mean <clears throat> yeah I mean there's the, the the nice thing is you have to there's a diversity of tactics as we like to say um, many ways that you can have your voice heard so beginning conversations is always the best way to start you know and um, and then if you don't get what you want or you're not able to move the person that you believe to be the person that can give you what you want there's you know different ways that you that you proceed with getting what you want like um so for instance if you're a guy 
that lives in Brooklyn and you turn your faucet on and like mud is coming out and you're like, well, I need to take a shower today or I need to drink a glass of water. You know, you would most likely be like, you know, I can call the water water company or I can call, you know, my my city council person or my community board and then work your way up through systems of power, figuring out like who you can talk to that will listen, give you solutions, teach you about a system that can help you build solutions and, um, you know, shut down the person that's actually delivering mud to your faucet sort of thing. Um, A lot of times the person who's, you know, quote unquote, delivering mud to your faucet may have given that politician that you first call or talk to, you know, a campaign donation. So they might sort of push off your meeting while you still five days later have mud coming out of your faucet. So um, it can be incredibly infuriating. So then you then you start thinking, like, how can I organize not to so clearly we're not going to move this politician who's compromised by financial donations. So let's figure out how we can basically build power around him with other people to threaten his seat of power and then move him. So you basically like sweep the rug out from under them. And that's just good campaign strategy. Um, You're never really gonna move your deep opponent. So I'm never gonna like really go to like, you know, Kelsey Warren's home and I mean I may play a prank on him because he's he's an evil human being that's a CEO of energy transfer partners Um, he makes decisions that poison people every day of his life in order to make personal money so you know like the CEOs we consider them our opponents right like we never think like gee we're gonna change their heart and mind and look at my cute little kid who's has mud coming out of his faucet to like have a change of heart like that's not really what we think of we think like how do we shift our you know sort of like our you know our our entire spectrum of allies in order to like move them closer to our goal of like not having mud coming out of your faucet or your neighbor's faucet anymore so a lot of that work can sometimes look like um you know like petitioning and making new laws and getting politicians on your side or it could also look like if it's too late in the game like if they're already building like a muddy pipeline going to your faucet it's probably not logical to have a petition signed but it probably is really logical to throw your body in front of that pipeline and say no you're not going to build a muddy pipeline to my house right right?" but it sounds like it's almost already rigged because like you said at the end of the day who's giving them the money yeah the person who's getting the most press is most likely going to win and in order to get the most press you need the most campaign financing well, one great thing is we just won last Wednesday. We stopped a f- gigantic fracked gas pipeline coming from Pennsylvania into New York City. How does that work? How does that, when you say you won, because I'm, I'm going to act like, well, A, I really do not know anything, but I'm going to pretend like the people listening don't either. When you, like, they're literally, there was this organization wanted to do this thing. Mm-hmm. They've probably been planning it for years. A, a fracked gas pipeline company called the Williams Transco Company um, proposed to build a gigantic pipeline that trans- transfers three states from the fracking fields of Pennsylvania, where I grew up, to New York City. Um, and we were like, that's not going to happen. Um, we 
worked, this campaign of ours worked for two and a half years to stop this pipeline. So we connected with people that are like-minded, that are already educated on why fracking is bad and why we want to get off fossil fuels. They are believers in climate change and they are activated around that idea. So we connected in with other organizations and say, hey, do you want to build a thing? Let's make, let's build a resistance together. And so now what, what are these, the people that we're going to do this, what are they doing now? Are they like, they got to be trying to regroup and figure out another way to get this done. Yeah, I'm they sure reapplied the following day. Okay. Um, so they was going to trench 23 miles of our ocean floor. And just right before we began this podcast, I told you that I was sitting on the beach in Rockaway mm-hmm. uh, the day after we defeated this pipeline. Um, and we saw a whale. Um, that whale wouldn't be there if this pipeline was built because this pipeline would churn up decades of industrial toxins that have been bioremediating there for the last four decades. And what is their uh, reasoning for wanting this pipeline? What do they, what do they think it's, the, what is it gonna benefit us as individuals? Well, two things. So they say to us that we need this gas. Um, and then they say to us that uh, basically they're just saying that we need this gas. They want to sell us a product, and they, you know, they—it's they, a product they want to, you know, partner with the fracking con- fracking companies in Pennsylvania, and and sell the product. So the system is so rigged, Adam. It's it's not even it's unbelievable that we won. Um, so. Their step one is to apply to this federal agency called FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. So this agency is so crooked. Um, it's designed not to regulate pipelines, but to facilitate pipelines. And they don't get paid a commission unless they approve a pipeline. So the system is totally rigged and stacked against us already. So the federal level is going to definitely approve all pipelines, like no matter what, because they're incentivized this, to do so. Um, how long is this? Is this through the Obama administration? Is this prior to that? Is this new? When um, is, when is FERC this? was built in 1971. Oh, okay. so, so it's been around for a back. while. Um, but they also like... But they weren't fracking back then, were they? No. They, well, they were, doing, they were doing um, what they claim fracking's been around since the 1950s, but they haven't been doing this more extreme method of like horizontal fracking. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't bore you with the details, but yeah, it's all bad. It's all fossil fuels and it's all destroying our planet. Um, but yeah, so then what happens next is they have to go through this federal agency that was, it's also, in, they're not only incentivized to facilitate building this pipeline because they get paid for approving it, but then they, um, the, the actual pipeline company written into the Natural Gas Act, which Dick Cheney had a really big hand in, um, they are guaranteed a 14% rate of return, whether or not they deliver gas to us or not damn it okay we're back uh there was a little war going on outside <laughs> Wait, oh i turned the volume down okay okay now we're back okay <laughs> yeah check where was a little bit of a war going on outside am i hearing this yes Hold on, let me. okay now we're definitely back so uh <laughs> <laughs> it's garbage day in bushwick <laughs> we don't want to yell at them. Every day we don't want to yell at them. They're doing a thankless job. So you're saying they're getting a 14 percent? 
rate of return, whether or not they deliver the gas to us or not. And you just said when it's we were off air that you, re- you learned that they don't even need this fucking gas. Yeah, like uh, we, we hired a woman, um, one of the larger, more well-endowed organizations that we work with has that has money, um, hired a woman that used to work at the DEC named Susan, Suzanne Matei, who's incredible. Um, she did research, uh, a big research report for us and published it um, that shows that we don't even need this gas. So they're basically, basically the fracking industry is like, dig it up, pipe it out and ship it out to whoever will pay the most for it. And you and typically like the European and Asian markets pay 14 or I'm sorry, six to 10 times more money for our fracked gas than we do. So like they want to uh, they want to export this gas. So the fact that they want to build this pipeline to New York City on the on the shoreline, you know, shows that well, not to sound they want like to get it out not to, the, to sound to ju- like juvenile or anything, but mm-hmm. It's it's similar to like arms deal. It's just like evil ways to make money. There's just some fucking people in the world that are like, I don't have any morals. I don't care. I'm gonna I can and those people are smart. They could make money doing other shit. Yeah. You know they're not totally agree. It's like are they sociopaths? Do they not care? Do they not have children? Do they not understand that their future in the world people like? I know that sounds naive in my head, like, how could people be like this? But I'm actually, I'm like, how the fuck can people be like this? How the fuck can people be like this? But people are, I mean... Because our system, like, to get back to our original part, our system rewards that behavior. We live in this paradigm... I want to move to Iceland sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. But I hear they're kind of racist. (laughs) I don't know. I think that they're... Because they seem to have a really good thing going there. Like, they yeah, got rid well, of, like, big banks, and, you know, they're just like, oh, you ripped this all off, we're going to get rid of big banks. Yeah. You know? Like, they whereas, like, we got ripped off, and Obama morals. was like, we're going to bail you out, you know? Yeah. But, you know, they are, you know, they also are very tough on immigration, yeah, you know? So. Um, they want to, you know, keep a balance of their small population. Um, 50,000 or something. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's easy to manage 250,000 people. <laughs> we can. We can we, sneak we in. Let's skip move to by. Iceland. They wouldn't even notice us. Yeah. We could live on the geyser. Blonde, redhead, blue eyed. <laughs> They'd be like, where have you been? <laughs> Hello. So no, I think, I, I think um, you know, it's it's hard to, to manage a big country. I, I don't even think that the U, I'm, I would be totally fine if the U.S. broke up. Like, why do we need to have this much land and power? And why why do we have that? Like, what is, like, I just don't, I, we well, have, there's so the, many different kinds of people here. Like, the, the abortion thing that's been going on, it's like, there well, are actual a- men in systems of government that are saying, you have no idea how to think for yourself, and I should, I know, like, father knows best what's well, good for Well, I also heard body. an argument by uh, a senator or a congressman from Alabama, I believe, who was saying that the reason, that one, one argument was men will be more responsible <laughs> if they know that the woman they're impregnating potentially impregnating oh, Lord. can't get an abortion so oh, therefore those Lord. guys are going to be less likely to potentially try to have sex with women because now they know that this girl can't abort the fetus so crazy did you go to, to the lady parts justice league event that cat green mm-hmm. hosted at the town hall it was mm-hmm. amazing it was uh, the award ceremony for like the douchiest lawmakers out there mm. it was so funny they had like because they're they're 
network is connected in with celebrities. So they had like celebrities come out and give the award. And of course, like, you know, none of the lawmakers showed up, but they would show clips up there of like just exactly what you're talking about and like give them like, you know. I'm really like, I, I often think I'm very excited and not excited at the same time about what's going on in politics in terms of like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ocasio-Cortez and um, um, Rashida Talib, Talib mm-hmm. and you know just more female representation like mm-hmm. you know even so to take this to tango for a minute like mm-hmm. reading Megan's book mm-hmm. reading a female's interpretation of tango and their journey through it and not always hearing about the so part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I want to give voices to people that don't normally get listened to like we listen to like the lord of tango and uh, <laughs> and he doesn't necessarily let his lordess talk you know we're yes. you know like a lot of the male like a lot of the biggest male names in tango their partners generally don't speak either um whatever that's their own shit but we tend to adopt their philosophies before we think about how we feel about that or, or what ours are you what know our, yeah and um mm-hmm. I'm I'm just I'm I'm really excited about having more of a different perspectives, more different more different perspectives to like create laws, to to change things, to have voices. And I always uh, lately have been thinking like, you know, going back to how we started this whole thing, like this country was founded by like uh, pretty intelligent white dudes, but like you know, I think 19 of them or 16 of them owned slaves. Um, out of like the 50 or 60 or whatever still not good you know <laughs> no that's not intelligence yeah <laughs> no well, that's all, not but yeah. but my point is like i wonder what the what the current society we live in would be if like all of those people back then were like females or africans or you know like this mm-hmm. country is like like you said it's it's all f- built from that original uh starting point and I think we make progress. It's slow, but if you consider some of the big pieces of legislation that passed during the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, when the Supreme Court was like extremely conservative, uh, it's actually amazing that some of those things passed when they did. Like with what Ruth Bader Ginsburg was able to do a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, it gives me hope. It gives me hope for for that we have people like you and and people that keep trying to like fight for good good things and and hopefully elect people that will put their neck out there and probably risk their lives to to have a give a voice to the people that don't have it that don't normally have it yeah i mean we our society really needs to level the playing field i was our last we had a big march across brooklyn bridge um um for this to stop the williams pipeline because the goal of that tactic of using a march was to to visualize our people power to governor cuomo so he could see how many people well i'm glad you brought that up because even during the lucati park uh Mm -hmm. occupy Mm -hmm. you know you hear like pundits on the tv like what do these people think they're actually accompanying they're just sitting in a park and i'm like they don't well they're they're giving like visual (laughs) representation to uh, a growing like group of people that are upset about something like a mm-hmm. group of disenfranchised people are now coming together and, and creating dialogue within each other and that's really important absolutely and that's what you're doing on tv right now mm-hmm. you know you're you're putting yourself in people's living rooms so that they can 
listen to you mm-hmm. create dialogue and absolutely that's you know, such so a great like, point what's the yeah. difference why are you criticizing you know and then you talk about walking across the bridge just to show the strength in numbers that you have yeah. and to because bring people together people know. always feel good when they're in communion with each other mm-hmm. in the public space and you might meet somebody there and you might create something from that experience absolutely and and, and it feels good to be out in the world shouting about what you want but to to get to your point about all these incredible fierce women of color that are now in positions of power in Congress that is scaring the hell out of the old white men. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Jumani Williams, our public advocate, who was a huge, awesome supporter of us during Occupy Wall Street, um, he said something so amazing. We, ha- we asked him to come and speak uh, before. Um, we also had... Um, LaDonna Braveheart um, Allard come and speak. She's from the Standing Rock Reservation. She came in and spoke at our at our rally. It was so beautiful and inspiring. But Jumani said something that was so sweet. He was like, we have to listen to and follow all the black women. If you if you follow the black women, you cannot go wrong. And everybody was like, yeah, you know, because it's so true when you women have so much to give and so much deep wisdom and especially um, black women who have been the most deeply oppressed Mm -hmm. in this country Um, indigenous women who have been the most deeply oppressed in this country and continue to be um, continue to be um, you know they're the ones who have the time and energy to, to, to actually know and understand the answers and i i definitely believe that i i i'm such an advocate for for listening to and following women of color i think it's just it's just extraordinary what these new women are doing in congress Mm -hmm. and i i love it and i also love when i say things like that say like on facebook it's typically people that i know from the tango community that aren't exposed to these um, everyday conversations that activist communities have um, where it's always like the white dude that's like well not not me like it's it's not I'm not I'm not a racist I'm nice to women and and I'm just like yes of course not you personally but y- your your correct answer should be yes we live in a culture that you know, oppresses and suppresses people of color, women, um, people with mobility issues, transgender people. Like there is, and and I am a white male and I'm, I need to be part of standing up for the people that yeah, are, instead don't of have just getting a defensive posture. Instead of getting like, defensive. Well, not me. I mean, I mean yeah, I'm, but, good. But I'm, I'm good. But, but yeah. I mean, and it's like. But it's not about you. It's not about the fact that you're good. It's like. Yeah. Be a part of the the solution. Be a good of being ally. Like Learn how to be a good like, ally. Well, I'm good, so you guys keep going. Yeah, I'm exactly. really happy for you guys. Exactly. Like, what you're doing is great, but I'm exactly. not. It's not me though, so I'm good. I'm. I'm gonna or, go. Or you know, there's a couple of people that we we spoke about earlier that I um you know, they always are like, why are you so aggressive all the time? And I'm like, yeah, this is me being aggressive. Oh. You know, you really haven't seen me in real action, but okay. You know, it's like 
this isn't me being aggressive. This is just me standing in truth and saying things that make you feel uncomfortable. I, if you're, if you, I, I think you're still talking about the Facebook uh, mm-hmm. platform. So to mm-hmm. me, Facebook, and I've gotten a lot of trouble on Facebook. I I've definitely <laughs> like had a few too many and like just you know let it rip. But Facebook is good for that, which means it's not good. Facebook is good for somebody to read something and take it completely out of context and yeah. go off the handle. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why, another reason why I'm doing this, because it's like if you really want to hear my thoughts and my guest thoughts and like criticize them, then you have to sit down for an hour and listen to this whole fucking thing. You can't just read something that comes across your screen and be like, oh, what? What, what did Kim say? All men are like this. Well, not that you would ever just blatantly say all men are like this, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, well, that's what they hear, though. But that's what that's they what hear. They that's what hear. they see. And then they're like, yeah. "Oh, well, not me." And it's, dude. Yeah, of get course off your not. Fucking soapbox. You. Like, like, maybe, maybe send a message. Hey, Kim, I saw something you wrote. Why don't we? Can we go deeper with this for a minute instead yeah, of just like? Eh. Absolutely. So I think Facebook. I think Facebook. If there is anything good, for me, it was like a long time ago. I got to like get in touch with a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of exciting, like 10 or f- whenever the fuck Facebook started. <laughs> but it sort of just devolved into this, like, cake pie throwing contest. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, I can advertise some shit about Tango, you know, yeah. come to the Milonga tonight. It's you know? good for outreach. Cool, it's kind of like life. It's good for, it's, you, you can do good things with it. You can do horrible things with it. And it's like, you know, but I, I, I also have really built a lot of incredible um, relationships with people from tango. Do you remember, I remember the year, the first couple of years I started dancing tango, like we were just like, oh yeah, we all dance with each other, but we don't really know each other at all. And we don't really know each other's names. And then when I started seeing people in tango like pop up on Facebook, it was like, oh, that's that dude's name that I like dancing with on Tuesdays or like, Oh, he does this for a living. That's interesting. You know, we got to like know each other. In in some ways, it sort of takes the mystery out of it a little bit because I remember somebody, some one of the teachers that came up here from Argentina was saying, "Oh yeah, you just never know who you're dancing with. Like one, you know, one it night you could be lost. dancing with yeah. your taxi driver that you're going to see in the taxi the next day, and it equal it's a great equalizer mm-hmm. because you know, you could be a billionaire or you could be you know, a bum and have a beautiful dance with somebody and they'll never know who you are. And that's what's the beauty of yeah. uh, the beauty of anonymity. But now we all like, you know, I can have debates with people. And then I walk into the Milonga and people will be like, oh, that's Kim, that really like, crazy activist chick, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know. No, there was there is something uh, awesome about that anonymity of. Um, I feel like I sound weird of. Uh, well, like, the milonga levels the playing field, you know? Yeah. Outside. You know, in there, there's another playing field. Yeah, oh, But gosh, outside, it's yes. like you're either... Uh, <laughs> inside, yeah, like you said, you can be a doctor, you could be an artist, you could be a kid, a, you know, a 22-year-old kid who's just, like, working at a, a coffee shop, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. But you're there, and you're all, like, equal, and you're all... It's kind of like the subway. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. The yeah. same way. It's such a great place. Just like this place where everybody has to be together for a while and just tolerate one another. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I've also like, you know, I've seen a lot of tango folks come out to like my activist events, which well, has been really thing. awesome. Tango's like a great way to network other yeah. th- for other things. Yeah. And, and get other people Like Lucille had a whole fundraiser for us mm-hmm. and, you know, Gail and Tioma are always showing up at like hearings and marches and and coming out and showing up and that's really cool, you yeah. know? That's really great. One of, actually, this woman, Jelana, who lives in Philadelphia, you may have seen her at the Tango Festival this weekend. I was looking on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, she helped us read through the environmental impact statement of the Williams Pipeline because that's what she does for a living. Uh, what do you mean that's what she does for a living? She She's reads a, through uh, okay. environmental impact statements wow. uh, for her job. And she said, you know, if you want me to help you... because the environmental impact statements are usually like, I don't know, 1,200 pages. And they usually give you 30 days to review it. You know, that's for the public to review and make a comment on. So she helped us like comb, like highlight where we can, where we should put bookmark Mm -hmm. to like do a little bit more digging, formulate comments around. And it was incredibly awesome. She came, she came all the way up here from Philly. She sat in one of our allies' houses and we got snacks and beer and just read through like 1,200 pages together and like decided like who's going to take what section and do research on it. And that's a tango friend. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. Super incredible. So yeah, Facebook is crappy and everything, but it can be really great. And I think for the most part for me, it's been really great. Well, it's funny actually. Tango is kind of like Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I moved to New York because I met somebody through Tango. And oh. I had an apartment with Betty. Oh, and then uh, through Tango, I met Paula, who got me a job. And then mm-hmm. I met Chico. You know, like mm. Tango, in a way, is like Facebook yeah. in that sense. It's like networking. Yeah. Um, it connects you to people. It's, it's, it's just kind it's of... It's real, ti- real life networking. It's like instead of just social media networking. Yeah. But, yeah, it's great. I mean... Yeah, Tango. I'm excited to come back to it. it yeah. is, it's really hard to like be away for a while and come back to Tango. Can we talk about your um, Monday night experience at Ensuena? Oh, sure. Yeah, because yeah. you, I think you sent me it. You was see this was also this is also a lost <laughs> thing. Uh, now because of Facebook, one can go out and have a really nice night and post on Facebook like I had a great night. But you sent me a text. I went to Enswainy tonight and I danced and I had a great time. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's nice that she didn't post this on, like she thought of Adam and was like, I'm going to tell Adam I had a nice night at Tango. Yeah, it was just so Because we don't, I don't think we would even, you know, we don't, Facebook has kind of gotten in the way of a lot of things. Like, I wonder how many people forgot that like you have a journal. (laughs) <laughs> right. You have right. a diary yeah. and it doesn't need to be in front of the whole world. Yeah, I don't really need to know like your deep dark <laughs> yeah. secrets with But yeah. you know, I guess it's cathartic for people, it's therapeutic and that's cool. Yeah. So you were at Ensueño, you haven't been out in a long time. You've been very busy with traveling and, and all these things. Yeah. But you said you had a really nice time. It was incredible. Like it's also two blocks from my, my workspace for the for Saint Energy. So I'm in the East Village. It's so ridiculous that I don't just walk over to Ukrainian every Monday like it it's like it's such a nice place to dance I have such uh, such a fondness for that place it was one of the first places I danced and 
Like I'm, I've been, to be honest, I've been really afraid to go back to tango. My, my body has changed. My dancing skills. Has, I mean, it's a skill. Dancing tango is a skill and you have yeah. to keep it sharp. Right. You know, so I used to be a great dancer and never not have a tanda every single tanda that there was out there, you know, and just always be dancing and have a million relationships because I went out every night of my life. So, um, it's different coming back and doing the doing the sitting in the chair and being like, what do I do? Like, do I have a sale somebody? Like, I don't know, like, what to do? And you feel it start to feel like self-conscious. Like, that just is a really big tidal wave that comes over you. And, the, and you know, it's, it's an awful feeling. And it's like my personal feelings that I have to deal with. It's not anybody else's yeah, problem. But it's very relatable to <clears throat> Yeah, but like, you know, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do what brings me joy. And like, I know that every time that I am in this like workspace and like a tango song will come across my like playlist or something, I always get a flush of love in my heart. Like, it's, 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 I'm just like, there's such a sign there. Like, why am I not out dancing tango every night? This is something I love doing. I love the community. I love the people. I feel so joyful when I'm dancing and I feel like high afterwards, mm. like real endorphins rushed into right, me on right, Monday right. when I would danced with somebody. And, um, but yeah, I was, I got there and I was like, well, I'm going to go to the lesson beforehand because yeah, I need to warm up. And like, I also haven't danced in a while. It'd be really like polite to actually go to the lesson ahead of time and, um, support Gail and Tioma who do such a tremendous job there. And, um, there were five leaders no there were eight leaders three of them were women five of them were men and nobody was nobody was a bad person but 100 percent of the men that i danced with all had something to tell me about what i was doing wrong 100% of them. No, no, you're supposed to step that. No, you know, step that way. No, like, no, you're supposed to step that way and then step to the side. And I like, I was, I was trying to be like real cool. I was like, damn, the fucking patriarch is really <laughs> trusting me here, you know? And then, you know, some of them were more polite. Some of them were a little more aggressive. Some of them were just like, no, that's not where you're, you know, no, you're, you know, and it was like, I was like, oh God, this is not fun, you know? But I was like, I'm gonna plow through this. And, and, and then I get to the women that are learning to lead and 100% of the women that were learning to lead were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, I, oh, I know I'm not doing this right. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, it took all the blame on themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas all the men put all the blame on me. And there was one man in particular that I was just like, no, it's not me not stepping that way. You need to lead me to step that way. But I'm also didn't want to expose myself and I didn't want to be like, well, I've been dancing for like so many years. Cause like, I also want to honor them as beginners going through their process as beginners and like learning. But I also like wanted to fight the patriarchy too. Well, <laughs> they're beginners, but it doesn't give them excuses to be assholes. No, you're, for all they know, a beginner. Right. So, you know, you're giving them an uh, undue respect, I think. Like, well, I should let them process this. You know, I it, also, well, like, to be honest, I also didn't want to harsh my good time. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to fuck and up create. my good time and be like, 
and really if I would have allowed the fire that was rumbling in my stomach over their dumb comments to me <laughs> I would have been like you know buddy fuck you like you're a shitty leader and then I would have had to leave you know what I mean so I was like <laughs> like learn how to dance before you start telling other people how to dance yeah but yeah. I didn't want to be that I didn't want to ruin my good time so that was actually more of a, a selfish choice of like not letting them bring me down. Something that we're it wasn't about protecting their precious little stupid male egos. It was just more about like don't take the bait. Right. You know. I've been Chico and I. Uh, we've been really trying more and more in classes to talk about teamwork. Mm. Even like. We discussed before we got on the air, like men, women lead, follow words like that. Yeah. But um, and I did just thought of this now because you were like, well, I'm sure there's other creative ways we can you can Absolutely. use those. It's we our can community. Describe the roles that we're doing. We can totally follow, change men, our women. vocabulary. But I, now that I think about it, like yeah, I I've been we've both been like talking much more about teamwork. Like yeah. when you watch people dance, and I ask students, I'm like, when you're watching the performance last night, uh, who do you think was doing all the work? And they're like, uh, some people say, oh, the man. Oh, some people say the woman. And some people say, uh, I think both of them, you know, and it's yeah. like, yeah, they're both there helping one another mm-hmm. achieve a goal. Yeah. Communication, musicality, sensuality, like they're both there to try to have fun. Mm-hmm. It's not like one person is like submissive and the other one is dominant or I mean, yeah, if that's your fucking thing. That's another story. <laughs> but... <laughs> In tango, for the most part, if you're going to have a nice evening, you're both going to be contributing to the goal of like something happening and not blaming the other person mainly is is the point I'm trying to make here. And it sounds like uh, those kind of situations, A, not to like throw anybody under the bus, but they should be managed a little better. Yeah. You know, if you're guiding that class. Well, no, I mean, to to, to our point, point like like Tioma did come over at one point when I think he saw something where you know and I also didn't know how to how to lead I don't know how to teach a leader so Mm -hmm. it's like I was in sort of a vulnerable place because I was like I know what you're doing isn't right but I don't really know how to teach you to correct it um I would have if I knew but I didn't so I I couldn't really speak up I didn't have the the movement and the vocabulary for it but Tioma totally came over and was like here let me let me let me let me see what you're doing and right. then he's like no 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 like you're not doing that correct yeah. you know they had other students to tend to at that no point, no it's hard i'm not trying to like i said i'm not blaming the teachers because it's so hard to manage a group of people i'm sure even if it's 5 10 20 30 like, yeah you can't be aware of all the inside no. things happening uh, yeah. between the it's couples so it's so intimate too. Yeah, it's too much i've yeah. had people come up to me at the end of the class and like how did you not notice da 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 and i'm like i'm really sorry i I'm, I'm actually trying to teach and not like mediate relationships absolutely yeah, but i want to get better at you know there's like a lot of things happening so anyway yeah you can't do it all yeah it's you're hard. doing great but i'm glad that um well a i'm glad that you were out and you enjoyed it because you know it could have gone the other <laughs> way you so could have like gone out and been like i'm glad i don't do this anymore <laughs> yeah right and i wasn't gonna let those dudes take me to that place because i could have gone there but i was like you know I want to sit here and listen to music. I had a great, I had a great time chit chatting with Jose. Like it was so funny. And one like, thing I do want to talk about yeah. is like Kim <laughs> has some horror stories, and you, I because okay, first of all, to, to get real about 
tango in a minute for a minute like a you got assholes like that in the class i mean yeah i've i i have a lot of i've been doing this a long time i've seen a lot of mainly women come to a class with us and like they're they're like you guys are great you guys are great teachers yeah i'm not coming back why because i can't deal with these fucking people Oh. And it's generally like guys who are new. They're not like normal community people. They're like new people. They're insecure. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing. The only way they can really get the uh, the objective they want is to tell the person because they can't actually do it. Could we have a discussion about patriarchy in the tango community, like a, a community forum? We could totally have like a yeah. I mean, this is a, a this podcast is is a, a work in progress. So it yeah. could be whatever. I feel like we should totally have a community yeah. forum. Like things like changing the vocabulary. Yeah. We could do whatever we want. It's yeah, like whatever. our people, it's, it's, you know. That's the cool thing about podcasting. You just yeah. do whatever you want and like <laughs> people can listen to it or, or guess not. what? They don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not that hard. <laughs> but um oh fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. We were uh, talking about that I have horror stories. Are you talking oh, about yeah, my well, first teacher? Well, I was going back to like the there are people that unintentionally like just kill tango as much as they think they're there to do a service they're just ruining tango because they're pushing people away because their energy is just so Mm. not a part of are you naming names uh, you know i've learned over the years that that well i've learned over the years that people know yeah are you talking about like maybe my first teacher well that name actually he's i think he's uh, he's been outed like he's been under criminal investigation oh, yeah and, he was yeah. on like the news yeah, and no. shit for like <laughs> <laughs> so this guy i'm th- i'm confused cuz i know somebody locked you in a closet and somebody made you like banish you in the corner to do ochos like a military uh, that was him. punishment it's the same thing same oh no person. no 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 so the other no, i know the, the, the other ochos one was too, in yeah. the corner as a military punishment was a different person. Yeah, okay. And yet you <laughs> hung the, with Then it. the locking... Well, the locking in the closet is, is a little bit inaccurate. It was the basement of the Lafayette Grill, okay. which used to have an amazing tango floor. It was the first place I ever went to for my first class. Mm-hmm. And and it was down... There was a, another dance, dance floor downstairs below that. And <laughs> that's where I took private that's lessons. That's where you get punished. Oh, my God. And, and like... We were in the middle of this this lesson that was supposed to be an hour long, and it went an hour and twenty. I don't wear a watch. I didn't clearly have my phone on my hip because I'm dancing like tango. Well, we had cell phones, but I don't think we had iPhones. Yeah, then. no, not yeah. at all. And yeah, I have like some kind of crappy flip phone, and like we went an hour and 20. I mean, it was sort of like, I could sense that the hour was up, but he was still going. So I was like, okay, we'll keep going. Like maybe he's just giving me some bonus time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was like, what? It's now one twenty, and you didn't tell me that the tango class was ending. And, and then broke into this little side room in the, let me remind you, the basement of the Lafayette Grill, which is already like seedy enough. And it's his bedroom. And he starts throwing all these clothes all over the place. And I was like, I am alone in this restaurant. Nobody's here. It's a Sunday. And I could be murdered and mm-hmm. nobody would know I'm here. Like, so I started backing out. I ran out onto the side. I left all my shit there. Holy I shit. Le- I walked out into the side with my tango shoes. I was like, I'm just peacing out. You like, just left your shit there. Yeah. God damn. And I just, I was like, because he started freaking out. So I was like, all right, I'm never, ever. But there was like a whole weird 
front story to that too about how he, he I met him at the South Street Seaport and he's like, you have real potential, mm. girl. You know, it's like weird, you, you know. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's, I could give you four hours every Sunday for like $150 for the month. And I was like, great, fabulous. Yeah. I was just learning. I didn't know anybody. And so I ended up, it was at the Lafayette Grill, of course, when it was completely closed and dark. It was like me, this other guy that apparently he like begged to come to be my partner. And then this weirdo that used to sit in the dark at, at one of the tables with the lights off and watch us. Oh what? my god! I don't even so know why you still dance tango. <laughs> I know, well, like I did that for four weeks, and then he would take me out dancing, and he's like a very strong lead. So I felt like I was looking great. It was fun. I didn't know. I was like, maybe he's just like this weird guy, and like I'm just exploring my life, and like whatever. Like I'll just put up with this weirdo. It was so stupid of me, but like. Yeah. So then I ended up like then I then I was like when he freaked out at me and threw his clothes all over the place, like yelling at me for being twenty minutes over. Um, you wait, know, I so started. Wait, hold on. He yelled at you for the fact that he went twenty minutes over. Yes, and that's why he started yelling. That's exactly why he started yelling at me, saying that I was going to make him late for the other appointment. And I was like, I'm going to be murdered, like in five, four, three, two, one. So I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And I hit the pavement in my tango shoes and just went to the subway and went home. I was like, I'm alive. I'm alive. And, you know, and then I started, I don't know how I found Empire Dance. I think I had taken a salsa class at Empire Dance a long time ago. And I was like, I'm going to look at that. And then I found Jen and Robin's class. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go to this group class. And it was like, super cool like young cool people that were like I met Mish and Sabina at the at the practica afterward mm-hmm. and they, I was like that's so cool that woman's learning to lead and Mish was like the in- most incredible leader and like mm-hmm. it was so much fun and I was like wow oh it's like a cool hip place that people actually are building a real community yeah and I, I met you there yeah you had a long ponytail at the yeah, time yeah, yeah. Don't, t- don't talk about that yeah, I did. But um, I, I feel the same. Like, I was dancing in Cleveland, and it was it was interesting. You know, I'll say that. Like, the community was... A, it was a nice group of older people, like, much older than me. Yeah. And they were really nice, but there was no direction. There was no guidance. It was just, like, we'd meet on a Thursday at a ballroom and kind of, like... Cool. But then I came to New York, and I saw, like, oh, hey, there's actually, like, younger people. They're... They have a teacher that has some sort of agenda. Yeah. He's taken, he's obviously taken some classes and has some sort of a philosophy of what he wants from his students. And, and it's cool. It's chill. You know, it's nice. And that, that was like, those things are really important. Yeah. <laughs> for growing a community. Oh. Absolutely. Where people can relax. Oh, that sofa at where Empire Dance. Where people can Dance relax, yeah. Was just, the sofa at Empire Dance alone was just the, the awesomest place to hang out. Disgusting. Or like Annabelle like hanging over the top and we'd just be like gossiping and you know, it was so great. It was so much fun. Yeah. Oh man, those are the days. Empire Dance. What is it now? Is it like condos? Uh no, I think it's still like off mixed use space. Okay. But it's unrecognizable because they renovated the whole building when Mm -hmm. they closed it down. So sad. That was uh, you know what's funny about that? I guess because we started there. I feel this way, I think you might agree, like it has such a big impact even though it was really mm. like a year you know a maybe year? a year and a half 
It wasn't that long we were there because it, I've been at You Should Be Dancing for 11 years. Wow, that's amazing. So I guess, and maybe Empire was more like three or four years because I've been in New York for 15 now, but still, yeah, it's not the majority anymore of our mm-hmm. time, but it, it just had such a big impact on, on a lot of things. Huge. I mean, just to like lead cool that back to like our activism conversation earlier, you just never know what kind of an impact a small thing is going to have mm-hmm. on other human beings, community relationships, self-improvement. I think that space in just had a nice vibe. Oh, yeah. It was the so windows magical. in the back, the red curtain. It was a nice square, yeah. nice wood floor. It, it just felt kind of cozy. Yeah. It felt like old New York, mm-hmm. too. It just had that, didn't have that overly, what was that one place down on, um, I think it was on Lafayette Street, but it wasn't the Lafayette Grill. And it had like that crazy uh, sculpture s- in the ceiling. Wait, is this a dance studio? Yeah, it was a dance Sandra, studio. Not Sandra Cameron. Cause that Sandra was, Cameron. Was it? Yeah. Oh. It was Sandra Cameron. I never Cameron. noticed the sculpture. Is Sandra Cameron still around? No, no, that's been gone for a long time. Oh, okay. I liked yeah. I liked the floor in that space. The floor was so nice, but it didn't have that But it was like many rooms. Vibe, like Sandra Cameron was in like multiple rooms though, right? It was, but there was a big dance floor area. Like it was okay. the spring spring floor. Hmm. Sprung floor. However you say it. Sprung floor, yeah. Sprung floor. And it was uh it was such a nice floor to dance on. Um, but it didn't have that like old school like you no know, because it was rounded white. it was edges. very white and like clinical and they they made it feel yeah clean because you know yeah that's nice too yeah <laughs> you know? yeah but no Empire had that old New York the old yeah. well those factory windows that you like pull down with a chain you remember like yeah they were not safe yeah you had to like no. pull a chain and kind of uh-huh. wrap it around something yep, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of like stepping out and, and the has radiators with like old ding, New ding, York ding, feeling ding. too. It uh, yeah, stepping out still has it, even though they they try to keep it, mo- you know, clean. I mean, they do a nice job there, but yeah, it's still old yeah. New York. It's like got the radiators clicking and yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like if they ever try to close stepping out, we should. I should. I should do a direct action training with all the tango people, and we should do a blockade. <laughs> 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 that would be so great. So I want to hear about the story of. I, I don't want to introduce it as the hooker story. The hooker story. But I guess we will. Yeah, I'll tell you the hooker story. story. It's a good one. The way you, I don't know if you remember how you told, you you probably don't remember how you told it to me the one time you told it to me, but the way you told it was great. So I hope we get it, we get a good version because it was so funny. Yeah, it was right when Occupy started. It was in the, Eric, when was Occupy Broadway? It's this this thing up here is a sign for it. December 18th. December? No, December 18th is when I got arrested at Charis. Ooh, it's lightning out. Oh, um, I noticed the birds stopped. I didn't realize birds... They go to bed. Yeah, they then the crickets, the crickets uh, start cricketing. But the... Uh, it was... I think it was... Well... In any event, it was when you and Chico were hosting Ghetto Tango at at her loft in Newark, mm. and I re- I love Ghetto Tango, so much fun and yeah, like oh so good. And it was during Occupy, so this was like this weird transition of my life. Like mm, I'm spending time with Tango all the time, but now I'm spending time with like my activist communities and fighting pipelines and hanging out with Occupy people all the time too, and like. You know, it was like a weird 
transition point for me. So I was like, I can do both. I can do all of it and hold down a full-time job at the same time. So there was an event called Occupy Broadway that was a 24 occupation of Broadway. And in that 24 24 hour occupation, there was um, people that did performance. So like there were poets and musicians and you know, circus performers and doing all this cool stuff. And we all had to sign up for different shifts and nobody wanted to sign up for 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. And my friends Claire and Monica that were running it were like, we really need somebody to fill the 5 to 7 shift. And I was like, oh, actually, I'll just be coming back from the Milonga in Newark at that time. I'll teach everybody tango at, at, at sunrise. And like, so... I rented a zip car to go out to Chico's place you knew in Newark. You're going to a ghetto tango party. I knew. You I'm knew fine. you were going to get fucked up. <laughs> well, no, I didn't get fucked up. But what I did, my roommate at the time that lived in this room, mm-hmm. gave me an Adderall. Oh dear. I've never taken that kind of stuff before, but. I don't know if you remember me at Ghetto Tango that night, but I was very vibrant. I was like, everything's wonderful and great. I'm super awake and hello, everybody. Let's dance. And like, you know, I was still like totally grooving. So then I left Ghetto Tango at like 4 a.m. And I was still like, boing, boing, boing. And like, I got to Occupy Broadway. I parked my zip car uh, on 8th Avenue. I go teach tango for two hours and it people were there and people were down. They were like having so much fun and the sun came up and it was so pretty and we were playing lots of like beautiful milongas, uh, be- beautiful tango songs. And it was just, it was really a beautiful experience. And, and, um, and then, you know, I was like, okay, well, I got to take my zip car back. And I, I went to where it was parked and it was, it was gone. It had been towed. Fuck. And I was like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? I have to get the zip car back at like 8 a.m. I really need to fucking figure this out. So uh, it was impounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember how I found out where it was, but it was towed to the to the to the lot on on the Hudson River at like I don't know 20 something 27th Street in the Hudson River like so I walked there and I was still wearing my clothes from Ghetto Tanko so they were like shiny red leggings that were like skin tight and I don't know some crazy shirt and loads of loads of red lipstick and black eyeliner because I had been partying all night and high on Adderall the whole entire night (laughs) all my makeup was like leaking down my face and you know my hair was probably falling out and I was just like exhausted because I was like hung over from Adderall and then I get to the impound lot on the Hudson River and I walk in and I like everybody was like what the fuck is this chick doing like because i mean i looked like a like a hooker that had been like totally beat up all night so i was like oh crap so i was like i need to get you know the zip car out and 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 um for some reason i didn't pay a parking ticket so my license was expired so they wouldn't give me the car back 
So I just felt like my whole life was sort of like, kind of like falling apart a little bit. I was like, okay, there's like definite signs. Well, you're coming in here. down. You're coming off the Adderall. I'm coming so off Adderall. Like, I have like black eye makeup, like tons of black eye makeup, like just dripping down my face. Red lipstick that was probably like all over my teeth and chin. And the you chemicals know. in your brain are and all I, fucked because your Adderall's kicking, uh, like wearing off. Yeah. So your serotonin levels all screwed up. You're probably like. You know, like and I'm wearing that dark shiny place, red you know, when you're stockings. going through. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. really terrific. I was looking like a real hit. So then um, I walk out. So they wouldn't give me the car. They were like, you're not getting it. I called Zipcar. They're just like, you stupid bitch. Just leave it there. <laughs> you know, like you're kicked out of Zipcar for the rest of your life. Like get out of our get out of our lives. You know, you got your car towed and you don't even have a driver's license. I was like, Oh my god, like this is this is really bad, you know. Wait, you were able to get a zip car without a driver's license. I guess that Yes, because I think when I signed up for zip car my license actually. was fine, yeah. but I didn't pay a parking ticket. Right, right, so right. But it's interesting yeah. how that can kind of go through the cracks. There. Yeah. But anyway, that's another yeah. story. Well, let's not give that away. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some other people with a revoked driver's license that we still want them to drive. Yeah. So um Maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so then, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, actually. <laughs> Not if they so do. Then, anyway. <laughs> so then, um, gosh, what did I... What, so then I, I started walking, and because the West Side Highway, like, bicycle greenway path is right there, there was um, these, these ladies that were jogging down the greenway path that were like wearing, you know, coordinating jogging outfits and had nice tennis shoes and they had all had shiny bouncy ponytails. And here I am walking out with like a limp and like dripping black eye makeup feeling like the biggest loser on the planet. And I was like, "Hey, my life is falling apart." And nah. so I call of course I I called my hens, which was Michelle Guanca, Sabina Wolfson, Chico Tanic Ruth Johnson and Cat Green and Mish Spires. And I was like, texted all of them. I was like, you guys, like this shitty thing happened to me. And I know you're probably sleeping from Ghetto Tango last night. And like, they're all like, oh no. Like, you know, laughing at me kind of because they're like, Kim, your life really isn't falling apart. You just don't have a zip card. Like, let's keep things in perspective here, you know? And, and then I'm like, and then these girls are jogging by me with shiny bouncy ponytails. And Cat's like, but you wouldn't want to be one of those shiny bouncy ponytails so fuck them and i'm like that's right fuck them like you know and it's like the most i felt like the that was my craziest walk of shame ever because it was like walking down this place where there's all these like good morning huddly doodly neighbor like joggers you know jogging by you and yeah, yeah but you know they're all thinking like oh man i've been there I hope They're so. Like, I hope there? they've all been there. I've been there last week. I hope they've all been there. Oh my god. Yeah, that was that was really rough. But hey, my women team, they like pulled me out of like, you know, sinking into major misery. So that was awesome. But yeah, that was a that was a rough that was a rough story. I love that story. <laughs> I love it because like I remember a long time ago I was at uh Princeton or Yale one time. I used to smoke mm. cigarettes, you know, and yeah. quit a couple of years ago and I, know, I just remember we both one time quit. you quit too. Yeah, I mean yeah, I know you were like great. you're like 
on and off. I would you, bum off you all the time. Be like, oh, well, ba- yeah, back in the day, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I just remember I was at Yale or Princeton one time, and you know the kids are younger and whatnot, and I was outside having a cigarette, and one of them was going to this club, the Tango Club, and they're like, oh, Tango people that smoke cigarettes, like, oh my god. And I've just gotten back from Buenos Aires where I've seen, like, some of the fucking crazy shit in my life. Yeah, you know? like, like, I'm like, what are you fucking... This kid's, like, you know, he's a kid. But... Yeah, we're not um, athletes. You're <laughs> 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 you know, come on. Yeah, right? We're dancing tango in nightclubs. Yeah, well, I, I just think... It, that also reminds me of something I said to Xavier once. I was like, basically, Xavier, all we do is, like, if we were, like, at the gym, we basically, like, drink alcohol and go jogging at the same fucking time. That's what we're doing to our bodies when we go out. Not everyone, of course, but... So, anyway, I love your story because it's just... It's, it just... It, it, it's, it helps people understand that we're just imperfect people <laughs> that just are doing our thing, you know? Like, yeah. And we don't all have to pretend that, you know, we're better than this or better than thou and... You know. Nobody has the answers, and we're all a mess. Yeah, I love having conversations. I remember Jessica Xavier's G- girlfriend. I think they're still together. I think they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, because they're going to London or something, but um, <clears throat> or Norway. I forget. But a long time ago, I, I we were at Xavier's old practica, and I remember I said something to her like, because she's a philosophy, she's a philosopher, and like she's like really fucking smart and like i think it's so much too smart like i would i would go insane if i had her brain but um i said something we were dancing once and i just said like i just feel like kind of guilty all the like i guilt myself all the time about shit like Mm. i drink too much or i stayed up too late or i got up too late or i'm not working hard and she's like yeah me too and i was like oh that's so relieving that you (laughs) also live in sin (laughs) yeah (laughs) where people that you really look up to that you think have this like tidy like but it's nice Both to feel like you have right. your, your you had the friends to call that day and like yeah. or that morning and it's nice to feel reassured that we're all just sort of like hanging in there. We're all messes. Yeah, you know, we're all like <laughs> doing our best to just get through life and, and in yeah. a good way and be positive and all that. But yeah, not give up. You know, like it's. I think we were yeah. talking in a, a little bit ago about like some. Well, we were talking about the evils of the world, but some people I think give up sometimes. You know, they re- they don't give themselves enough credit that. I think Bat and I had this conversation briefly mm. had a conversation about self-esteem and how like mm. it's so easy to like kind of fall off that wagon and just stay in that hole. It is. And I just I've gotten I'll you know not to like pat myself on the back but this year especially if I do something where I'm like I've been in really into fitness lately getting back into the gym a lot since but I'll have my nights you know where I'll just go out and I'll like you know have a good party night you know hard. party hard and then get up the next day and be like uh and the old Adam maybe would have been like alright fuck it and then but me lately still and you know you never know when it'll go mm-hmm. I'm like alright just wipe it you know wipe it off and get back to work you know like you can't just keep yeah, regressing or giving yourself ex- you know just fuck okay you're human yeah fine but yeah keep going just keep going. Yeah. Don't let it get you down. It's all right. You know? it's and all then right. I've and I feel um, more human now because whenever I go into these health kicks, I try to like be like a Superman, and then I inevitably am not. Remember and when Robin was on his big health kick? He was like doing like triathlons oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, all yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, I was no, like, he's like, yes, I drove, a, I swam across the East River today, <laughs> and then like biked twenty seven thousand miles. I yeah. was like, 
all right, dude. Yeah, no, but that's cool. <laughs> but I would get so high on that that I would, when I stopped, I would just be like, okay, I'm going to do the opposite now. I'm not going to do shit. And I'm just going to like party and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then anyway, now I'm more like, okay, I'm just going to like get back up and do it again today. Like, Yeah. And then I feel more accepted of all of it. I'm like, it's more balanced. I need to learn that. Like, that's something I beat myself up a lot. Well, that's what I mean. I do, too. And that's why it was nice to have that conversation with Jessica about how we all do. Yeah. You know, I think we all do. Maybe some people out there are like, I don't. I'm amazing. I'm perfect. Well, that's great. You know, (laughs) don't kill babies or something. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Those are the people. The people that think they're perfect are the ones that are probably running energy transfer partners and the evil corporations you know they're probably like but i'm entitled to do it because i'm me well i'm reading i was reading this so i, I a couple of years ago i started investing in like etfs and things like that mutual not mutual funds but like bulk uh index what does funds ETF stand for uh fuck <laughs> it, it traded no jargon. something traded fund i forget right now but i definitely do know what it means i just can't think of it right now but um I got this book out of the library the other day. It's called yeah. the best hundred, the best one hundred stocks to invest in for twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. And some of them are terrible. They're horrible. Tell me some of the terrible ones. Just like they're bad for the environment. They're bad okay. for the world. Yeah. But the person writing the book, he's looking at it from the perspective of how to make money. This is how you're gonna. So you know, it's like, well, this is fine. Yeah. Bottled water. Invest all in bottled yeah. water because we really want to push that. And so more it's like, well, that's more bottled water. Okay, your perspective is that. For this goal, it's okay mm-hmm. because you're here to invest money and make more money off of it. But yeah. it's actually really shitty for a lot of other things. What are some of the... There's a, no good ones on there? Oh, there's a lot like of green good ones. Green energy funds or there's anything like, like that? Uh, I, mean, I, don't, I don't have the list in front of me. Yeah. I, 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 there's a hundred. I couldn't remember. I didn't memorize them. Mm-hmm. Um, but some... There was like a cannabis one. I'm a big fan of those things like green, you know, cannabis stuff. Did you... Did you watch Murder Mountain? No. The docu-series? Uh-uh. It's good. It's worth it. Um, it's about um, Humboldt County in California. Mm. And how um, how people started leaving there after the summer of love in San Francisco and moving up to Humboldt County and growing weed and building incredible communities. And and then when the in the 80s, when the DEA came in with like, you know helicopters and machine guns to try to like stomp that shit out real fast you know Mm -hmm. um because a that was an alternative to this oppressive system was growing a plant that is healing and healthy you know um and they were building their own wealth and power and business off of this but in reinvesting it into they were incredible people they were reinvesting it into like community schools a food co-op like all these amazing things and then fast forward that the 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 like results of the the oppressive system coming in with the guns and the helicopters and how it's turned into sort of like a, a, a mountain of criminals in a way i mean and but there's some incredible interviews with with pot farmers that are like talking about why legalization has actually harmed been been really harmful um, and then also some that are like legalization is actually going to be really good for us. Um, but it does the legalization of pot is actually now creating another system of inequality. 
So like the farmers that are going to be successful are the ones that are traditionally the ones that have access to wealth and power and have access to the table and have and like a lot of corporations are now coming in there to seed and to grow and you know taking power away from people. It's a really great documentary and um, I have mixed feelings also about the legalization of pot just because you know dealers that have grown a business for themselves and incredible and it takes an incredible business person to deal drugs and to be successful at it so um it's like you know and a lot of times it's, it's going to take power away from black men hmm. you know and it's another system of like do not allow the people of color to have to build their own power on because our economy is based is based in slavery mm-hmm. so um in it and it is and if we don't change that it's going to continue to have these oppressive results so legalization although it sounds like a wonderful thing has some really negative results on some really great people the it's a it's a heated question a heated topic like it's it's huge i i really think pot should completely be legal i think we should be growing hemp to take over all the industries yeah um, yeah, you know, we should be, you know, to take over cotton. Cotton was a big pusher to keep hemp down because it's a stronger and cheaper and more econo- uh, ecological situation for, um, you know, fibers and paper, building materials, amazing stuff. And then, you know, marijuana is amazing for medicine and healing and all these things that go right with the planet. If you live in harmony with the planet, you don't need to have systems of capitalism. Right. You know, you, you just don't need shit. to have them. And you don't need to frack for energy. You can find power from, you know, the sun and the wind. Well, that's is, what gets me. Yeah. is like, why are we still living in this archaic... Okay, if you want to make a lot of money to create energy, why, you know, what are we doing with this? Like, Use wind, use solar, use all these other alternatives. We know they exist. They, we know they work. Yeah. And instead of harming the planet to get this commodity, it doesn't. It just doesn't. It's a middleman. It's a way to become the middleman of power. It's the same way that religion tells people not to look at the sun and the moon anymore. The same reason why we have the Gregorian calendar to keep us away from our lunar calendar. It's it's all systems of power and oppression. Look at me for the answers. Look at me as God. Look at me. Do not look out at the stars. Do not. You tell each other stories do not carry your history you know i'm the answer and that gives me power and you give me you know it's just like that whole folklore of um you know really white colonialism that keeps us down and you know i'm a white person and i know i'm part of that system and i'm totally willing to figure out how the fuck i can be a good ally instead of be a colonist you know hmm. sort of being a colonizer living in this neighborhood you know it's like um what's the uh gentrification is a form of colonization you know i don't know the answer none of us know the answer but the only reason we're gonna, the only way we're going to find the answer is by having conversations with each other yeah you know and gentrification that's podcast is, something I is a good think idea about a lot because it's like well it's bad but it's it's good and it's bad it's like you've got these areas that they're affordable for for people that's why you know minorities tend to live there and and people of different you know backgrounds but then you have like poor artists that come in because they're poor too Mm -hmm. and then 
and then it becomes hip all of a sudden. It becomes a, a fad, a fashionable place to be, and then investors come in, and then then Whole Foods comes in, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you, next thing you know, it's they're pricing out the people that have been living there for for so long. And this just goes back to the cyclical s- nature of capitalism. I mean, yeah. it's kind of funny that you know where people don't have. Why don't we look for house. solutions instead of just keep repeating the same thing? Like, okay, the poor neighbor. This neighborhood used to be this. Now it's this. Now this neighborhood was this, but now it's that. Mm-hmm. There's no like, well, let's. How do we sustain all this so that we don't have Detroit happening or, or. Uh, Bushwick changing or you know these different Absolutely. parts of, of yeah sustainability is not part of the economic no, model no, no, no. Of you can't come up with a new iPhone industry. every year for a thousand dollars if you build one that that works you know absolutely yeah I mean we we actually also organize there's this really amazing organization called the movement generation and it's about um, how to move from an extractive economy um, where slavery and is is the basis of work and you know domination of the earth is a is a basis of their of the like think thought pattern and move it to a regenerative economy where it's about where it's about community and it's about consent and it's about agreement um and their model of of um it's called a just just transition like model so you you move like how do you can actually so we how you can actually move from like what we've all learned and what we're all living in to moving to like where you can have imagination and art help you lead you to like a regenerative um, economy that's not based in slavery. So we fashion, we've taken all of their, all of their studies and models and trainings and stuff. And we're, we built all of our campaigns based on that. So any, you know, if we're fighting a pipeline, we have to also think like, this isn't just affecting you know us breathing in this you know toxic radioactive gas but it's also affecting our neighbors in pennsylvania who have been like beaten down and their land was stolen in order to like put a fracking well there um like and the power plant is typically built in you know communities of color that where people have no political power so like how do we how do we say how do we build a a different you know system out of that and a lot of it is based in you know basically destroying the corporate utility model you know what you you said about coming talking dialoguing um i I think a lot of people know how much they're getting fucked and they just don't feel they have the power yeah and if they all all, if like we would all sit down and talk more yeah and become uh, communities Separating yeah. people is the easiest way to take take control over them. Gerrymandering and, and keeping That's them yeah. gerrymandering, or or even giving them the idea that hey, you know what would be a great idea? You live in a nice little neighborhood here, really close to other people. You you don't want that. You should live out in the middle of nowhere. Get a house. Get your own space. Mm-hmm. You'll be all alone. You'll be fine. You'll have your own piece of land. You against the world. You against the world. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you know what? You're against the world. Yeah. And then you don't have, you're not there with other, you're not, you don't have a community. You don't have, you know, maybe you have your kids or something, your fa- family, but yeah, the you lose any sense of. Yeah, the suburbs were a really of, bad experiment. It was a really <laughs> bad, and I'm glad it's f- turning the other way. You know, I think pe- people are coming back. Like, 
the cities more and more all the time because and the suburbs are beginning to be filled with freaks which is something i really like like dear 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 freaks or no like good freaks, freaks. good freaks okay. like artists communities i seeing are, are starting to pop up like you know i don't know i like where where i grew up in pennsylvania was a, a suburb and i'm i'm starting to see like a lot of the pipeline fighters out there like there's a pipeline going a quarter mile away from my mom's house that's poisoned all the water in her town it's really bad um it's so bad uh, energy transfer partners built that pipeline and that's that guy kelsey warren that i mentioned the ceo that i hate um so they like i've been seeing like crowds of artists and rebels sort of popping up in the suburbs and it's kind of nice to see when they when this happens to the water because yeah. it does happen it's literally happened it's, it's what are they happening. what do these people say for themselves what is their excuse what do they and why are we allowing it to continue because this we goes don't, back to having we haven't no learned we don't have a system that teaches us to build political power our democracy is fake um the people who have the power are the people with the money, mm -hmm. and it's usually white men. So we, so now this water's polluted, and oh, and now the now what they have to do is get buy water instead of having well water. They have to buy water from a company called Aqua, which is a city system. Which who knows where the fuck they pipe in the water? I haven't done it. I haven't done a real deep review of what's happening in Pennsylvania because I'm really focused on work here in New York. But the folks that are that I've connected to around my mom's house are tremendous organizers. And they've actually, Pennsylvania is a really different game than New York. Like we have some, we have some possibility here in New York. Like Pennsylvania has just comp been compromised through the history of the steel industry, the coal industry, now the fracking industry, you know, it's uh, they have a history, such a deep history that's hard to let go of. A lot of things are, a lot of the, the elected official jobs are father to son. You know the power gets handed to the same people mm -hmm. over and over and again i think things are things are changing you know slower than we have time for really though i mean In we're our lifetimes yeah yeah like we're really gonna have a hard time um by the when you and me are old people adam we're gonna probably not have access to clean water and and um you know food's gonna be a different story for us you know we have a real, real problem here with climate change. And the best solution to that is to build loving community with each other that can be supportive. Um, you know, I want to be able to, to, to come up with solutions with people. I like the sound of the rain. The rain, yeah. Yeah, it goes back to what, you know, We've talked about a lot in this yeah. time, but <laughs> this idea of like let's make this America great again, shit, and then yet we poison our own fucking water so that the people can't have it, so we have to buy it. But America was what never great. Fuck? I mean, Andrew Cuomo. I, I'm I'm not. I'm usually pretty much adversarial to him, but I mean, he's. I think he says America was never great for the different reasons than I say America was never great. America is as we said it's based in slavery and colonialism we're still colonizing the island of puerto rico and keeping them down like right now that's happening right now like we are still murdering they're still murdering and missing indigenous women every day because of man camps in the fracking industry out west like you know i mean america was never great this place was always miserable for people many people except the ruling class which mm. is 
the class that you and I really belong to. Mm-hmm. You know, the America has been great for us in many ways. Yeah. You know. It's like uh, the comedian Louis said once, like, if you're white, you can get in a time machine and go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you're any other race, there's very few points in history you can get into a time machine and go to. Yeah. And, uh, well, I'm excited to see what the time machine would look like for the future because I think mm-hmm. that white people hopefully are going to begin to lose as much power as we have traditionally had. And, you know, that saying, you know, equality to the uh, privileged feels like oppression, you know, so. Uh, hmm, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm very the quality of the privilege feels like oppression. Yeah, so it's like you know, I, I I'm very happy to see what a time machine for white people into the future would look like because we wouldn't we probably wouldn't know how to cope because things come so easily to us, mm. you know. You um, mean I have to wait for this? Or oh, like, what? oh, I can't just assume that people are going to assume best intentions of me walking mm. somewhere, you know. Whereas, like, you know, our friends of color have to be, like, you know, live in deep fear, righteous fear of the police. If they have a hoodie on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Look at, I mean, you know, or or be afraid to even say things like Black Lives Matter. What is so controversial about that? Or take a that? fucking knee. Yeah. Ta- you know, yeah. Like, what is the big deal? Totally. So, you know, it's, it, it's hard. It's going to be, you know, it's hard work for a lot of us, but... Uh, it's the right work to do and you know I don't know but I mean yeah and smash the patriarchy in the tango community mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of I mean mostly people are awesome and good I no but there are s- systems in, po- in there are how do I say this like there are ways uh, fuck I think I'm reaching the wall I can't come up with the words I- institutionalized systems that are yeah. just there yeah and yeah, inside of those, like you know, I'm sure there were some nice people that were Nazis, <laughs> but they were still they like, were just doing know? their job, yeah. or they had a nice yeah. family. Oh, I never thought, you know. Yeah. But hey, there's a, yeah, we but we are living in a system, a cultural system here, you know, and yeah. that's and um, so yeah, there's some nice people in it, and we're all good people, and stuff. A lot of us have good intentions, but intentions aren't good enough. And well, it's like, I like what Sylvina once said. She said, I never trust anybody with good intentions. <laughs> nice. Because, like, just do it. Just who, don't have... Who said this? Sylvina Valls. Oh, great. Yeah, it was just such a wise thing to say. Like, that's the kind of tango lesson you get with her. Like, yeah. I did like, a private lesson. And then it's, like, an hour of, like, <laughs> learning Philosophy. about your fucking life. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, she's amazing. So, like... You know, there was there were one... Oh. I had a thought and it slipped. And I don't know where it went. Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? We we're talking about. Uh, it's just the, st- the the patriarchy, the system that we're in, and you know, even though we're all nice people. Oh, the intention. Yeah, the intentions are. Oh yes, I was recently somewhere where a someone's family member walked in and who uh, I could clearly see was you know um maybe like a rich person it was clear and um it turned out that this person was an attorney for nice great conversationalist you'd never know but i know who he is and i i um i didn't want to embarrass my friend who's related to him and and call this guy out in the middle of the night 
who brought a bottle of wine over to us and was telling us a story about his rescue dog. But in his daytime job, he was he destroyed people's lives and oppressed suppressed their stories to get insurance claims because of BP's oil spill in the Gulf. So you just never know who somebody is. Maybe you're dancing tango with that person, you know. I guess that's sometimes where the anonymity is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to wrap it up because the rain is, is actually a lot louder in the headphones than, than we might think. Because <laughs> <laughs> this equipment is... A damn thunderstorm. No, this equipment is sensitive. It sounds like there's a... It sounds like a tango record, you know, like the... Oh, like a scratchy tango yeah, yeah. record. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I played I did play tango for these folks the other night though. I introduced them to uh to Milonga music and they thought it was really great. Uh where, where, what was this? The the family that has the evil lawyer as the Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I know guy I know a guy who um who got in he got a job with an oil company like two years ago. And you know, he's like, well, what I do is cool, but yeah, sure. I work, f- you know, and he, Maui makes good money and he's got a family. And Works in that. Maui? No, no. I said now oh. he makes good money because oh, yeah. he just had a family. So he got this job in the oil industry. That's how they get you. But he's like, I know at, at the end of the day, like I work for a pretty shitty thing, but I'm not doing what I'm doing is f- okay. I don't know what the fuck he's doing there, but you know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know. Let's say, yeah, money's hard to say no to, especially when you want to, like, start a family, and it's hard. Like, I get it. But that's how the system kidnaps you, right? And he thinks, like, well, at least I'm there to, like, have a a voice that maybe could make a positive change. Who knows? You can't change the hearts and minds of psychopaths, and they're all psychopaths that are running these companies. Yeah. You know, they're all psychopaths. The, the, you can't, you know, if you want to run your business like that, you just, you can't really, you can't be a good person, you know. Well. Yeah, wow, we really, we're a real, we're a real <laughs> cheerful bunch over here. <laughs> well, I guess uh, next time, <laughs> next time we hang out, we'll make sure you're, you're out dancing more so we have yeah. more tango gossip. Oh, know. yeah. But no, this is good. I, like yeah. I said, I don't really want to talk about tango when I do this too much. You don't want to talk. I, I have some a little bit. tons of gossip stories I could tell you about it, but I'd have to give it some thought. So yeah, yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah, All right. Thanks. Well, I think awesome we should finish chilling. this and have some more wine. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, I love good. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kim. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> so there we are. There was Kim Fragic. Uh As you heard, what she does day in and day out is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, it's it's a lot to wrap my head around. Sitting there with her, I realized I didn't really have a lot to contribute uh, at first. She she just does so much, and uh, I know very little about all the hard work that these kind of people are doing to help make uh, the world a better place for everyone. But I want to thank her for taking the time to sit down with me last week, and I want to thank you all for joining me today. Uh, anything less? Ne- any next? Anything else to plug? I'm going to Maine in two weeks with Chico, Portland, Maine. We're going to be teaching some workshops on the weekend of June 14th. Check the event out on Facebook. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Portland is a cute town, and they have a nice community. 
And uh, don't forget the last weekend of July, the Cleveland Tango Bowling Marathon will be happening in Cleveland, Ohio. And finally, if you like the show, please subscribe. Please uh, like the show on iTunes or, or wherever you do that on your local iPod podcast show rating system, whatever. Okay, uh, until next time, enjoy your week and uh, take care, everyone.